Welcome to Better Roads, a podcast with Randall Bach, president of Open Bible Churches. Everyone has a story to their journey, and God loves to participate in those stories. Join Randall as he explores another Better Roads adventure. We have the privilege today of visiting with Som Kong Vong, we know her as Kong for short, who arrived in this country as a child of refugees from Southeast Asia. And she's been teaching math at East High School in Des Moines for 21 years, plus serves as pastor of Lifesong Church of the Open Bible in Des Moines. Kong, you're a very busy, busy person. Um, well, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say about that, but I think I'm just trying to um, use the, the best uh, the time that the Lord has given me. Yes. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Better Roads podcast. Uh, you know, you're a math teacher, and I got to tell you, my my poorest subject in high school was math. So uh, this is intimidating today for me. I'm talking to a <laughs> math teacher. You didn't you didn't bring any pop math quizzes with you, did you? No, I promise not to ask you any math questions. Okay, well, I'm going to enjoy this today. Then, all right. <laughs> you wrote your story in uh, for the message of the Open Bible. It's a it's a it's a fantastic story, and I encourage people to read it if they haven't done so. But could you briefly share about that part of your journey from the time you were a little girl and coming here to the states? Um, yes. Um. Well, I am uh, one of six children born to my parents. We have five girls and one boy, and I am Thai Dam, born in Laos, raised in America, and we came to um, Iowa in 1975 as refugees uh, seeking asylum due to my father's cooperation with the U.S. Um, government to fight against communism. And so uh, my right now, um, my husband, well, my husband and I have two grown um, daughters and a son who is a freshman at Iowa State. Um, and also my husband and I are proud grandparents of a three-year-old boy. Oh my, life has been moving on, hasn't it for yes, you? Yes, it has, it has. <laughs> so, so where are your grown children? Where do they live? Um, Melanie and Jasmine are uh, both in Des Moines. Um, Jasmine is my oldest. She works for a pro bio firm and Melanie is working for a commercial interior design company here in, um, in Des Moines. Wonderful. That, let's see, that means that grandbaby's close by then. Oh, yes. He lives with us, actually. So even, oh. <laughs> even better. Oh, that's delightful. Well, yeah. you know, in the Message Magazine article, you wrote the cover photo of that has this lovely picture of you with the words, can I lead? Uh, Kong, I think it's one of my favorite covers that we have had in the Message Magazine because your, your, your eyes just express such a vulnerability alongside that title, Can I Lead? And it, I know we use that because you'd shared how you struggled over whether you could serve as a pastor. Here you were a veteran high school teacher. Uh, you obviously are very capable in whatever field. You're a professional. But you, you struggled over that matter. So I appreciate your transparency. Could you talk to us a little bit about what were your biggest doubts and why did you have them? Sure. Um, well, I believe that the more transparent a person can be, the more one can serve God with Amen. a clear uh, with a clear clear conscience. And so it is, you know, too hard to try to hide from God anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't worked out very well, has it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, I fear uh, failing God. 
Um, I don't have a formal education in theology. So relaying God's word with accuracy is very important. Um, I don't want to lead people down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, another fear I have is um, to be able to meet people's expectations. I don't want to place to be placed under the limelight, which I know that I will likely be um, subject to being scrutinized. Yes. So I do not have the data to support this. And also, you know, I believe that there are more men and women in the pastoral positions. But as a woman, people might perceive me as being weak or not assertive enough. Okay. Well, you're very scriptural and all the reasons you have for why you didn't feel you could do something. You, 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 had, you had all the reasons why, and yet God persisted. Um, what convinced you? What convinced you to overcome those doubts and to take that leap of becoming a pastor, Kong? Um, the God that took a hold of my heart as a young girl um, is the same God that called me to take this leap of faith. Yes. Um, he did so through the encouragement and confirmation of several people. And I also have a litmus, a litmus test for many decisions that I make. And that is to ask myself, will I regret more for saying yes or saying no? Ooh, say that again. Tell us that again, that litmus test. Well, I regret more for saying yes or saying no. Mm. So in this case, the answer is I will regret more if I were to say no. Yes. Um, if, uh, if you're not sure of God's calling, I believe that it is better to step right into it than to sit on it. And one of, the, one of my routine prayers um, is to ask God to remove me from my position if it is not in his will. And, uh, or if I'm hindering his work at Lifesong, I ask God to remove me from that position. So I don't want to ever operate out of God's will, yes. per se. Yeah, and as far as, you know, the fear of people's expectations go, I can't please everyone. I came to terms with that. And then I pray that they are that they will be comfortable with me enough to approach me to have a conversation if they are having um, issues about it. And I pray, you know, that my heart is humble enough to listen when I do get approached. Well, there's a real liberty, isn't there, in uh, coming <laughs> to that point of not sure. being so burdened about what other people think and uh, you mentioned earlier, though, that among your reasons for hesitation is the fact that uh, as a woman pastor, because that's not real commonplace, have you experienced resistance? How have you had to walk through that matter? Or was it an issue that you thought? Um, our church is small, so most of us know each other well. And so I can't really think of any time um, at our at our. Uh, with our congregation where I had come across resistance, um, either that or, you know, perhaps I subconsciously ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know, when, when God increases my area of influence, you know, I, I will get back to you about that one. Um, okay. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, subconsciously ignore it. Okay, we got right. that word for today. <laughs> so you, all this time, you have been teaching for the 21 years in high school, yes. in math, and, and now you've been serving as a pastor also. Compare and contrast. How does teaching in a public high school and pastoring, how is that dissimilar or similar? Is there inter interplay and does one influence the other? Um, well, first, the uh, I could think of several similarities. And so first thing is that God, use, uh, God uses my or his given gift. Um, God allowed me to use his given gift to make a positive influence on other people, whether I'm teaching or I'm a pastor. And the second thing is that um, I try to challenge and, in, and encourage people to seek knowledge and apply the knowledge they learned. So to try to instill the love of learning in people mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. seek the truth for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and the third thing um, I believe that um, both positions are similar is when I try to look for the, look out for the best interest of everyone. Um, as a teacher, I have the basic belief that, you know, in general, all are capable of learning. And then it may not be the same rate, it may not be at the same rate, but I have to believe that all are capable of learning. And as a pastor, I believe that all are capable of learning God's word. Now, it is up to the individual to take the knowledge further. That's right. And then um, there, there are differences as well. So as far as teaching goes, um, I can see the outcome of the labor more immediate than pastoring. That's, that's so interesting. Yes, with, with teaching, I have an assessment or I have an assignment mm -hmm. um, that I can actually, you know, see where, the, where they are progressing. Or how yes, the, there are those math tests. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you can you, you see based on the graduation rate or how they become um, as successful employers or um, successful students beyond high school. But then um, the important thing is you get to plant the seed as a pastor, even though you don't get to see the fruit of it right away. Yeah. You know, but you know, you have confidence that the seed has been planted, has been Amen. sown. Amen. And we just trust that God will do his part and the Holy Spirit, um, you know, will do the work in their lives. So um, since all of us are a work in progress, there is right. no place to give or an assessment to administer um, while pastoring. Amen. That's, that's, a, that's a great comparison and contrast. I wish I'd had you as my math teacher, Kong. <laughs> <laughs> now, you might want to talk to my students first. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I get the real lowdown probably, huh? Yeah. And you know, another difference that I think of is not being able to readily offer a prayer of comfort to the students when you know that, that has to be challenging. Yes, they're that they're know that you know that they're going through um 
um, uh, issues. Um, but I can pray for them quietly. You know, if mm-hmm. I know the family or if I know um, that the student is a believer, then I would be uh, more confident about approaching them. May I pray for you? Of course. Yes. I'm sure you I'm sure you have lots of opportunity though, even in your quietness, so to speak, to be a witness for Jesus there. Um, I'm hoping that God uses me, you know, in every way that I can. I just um I just pray that He gives me the sense of, of being aware and, and be able to see that in students. Yes. You know, none of us knows what it's like to hear the word cancer until we do hear that. And your journey, Kong, includes cancer. And you, you wrote about that in the Message magazine. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you to hear that diagnosis? How, how did you process that? Um, I, I took pride in being very healthy up until 2011, you know, when I started losing 15 pounds without trying to without trying to lose it. And then um, all of a sudden my hemoglobin went down to five, uh, below five. And about a year later, I was diagnosed um, with cancer. So I was numbed. Um, I didn't know what to make of it. Um, Wondering what I may have done Mm. physically to cause the cancer Mm -hmm. uh, was part of how I processed the news. Um, after the first uh, visit with my oncologist, she told me that her goal is to make my life as normal as possible. Um, I took that to heart. A perfect stranger wanted to help me back to living a normal life was such an encouragement um, for me to do my best. Mm. And also, God knew what he was doing when he worked on my heart right away. He confirmed his amazing love for me mm. for, uh, through, through the overwhelming love and support of my husband, children, mother, siblings, and their family, and the church family and co-workers. You know, they, they supported me emotionally, um, physically, financially, and spiritually. So I had no time or um, any room to doubt God's love. And that's the first <laughs> thing he tackled right away. Yes. They held you up, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they definitely You know, did. I I know in many of your pictures and I recall in uh, being around you that you know there's a season when you were wearing the turban uh yeah. because of the loss of your hair. And by the way, you look lovely today with your new hair Thank that you. you have. I rejoice with you. Tell us about the that cancer part of the journey. That's that's the encouragement you receive, but there's the realities of dealing with treatment and all of that. Uh, how how has that affected the other parts of your life? And then, really, I'd like you to move on to tell us what's the interplay of that with your faith as you've walked through this journey. Sure, um, it confirms the um, that material things don't matter, and. So now I worked. Uh, I, I work harder at building relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, they made they matter more now, don't they? Right, they matter more. Um, God's timing. You know, I have to believe that God's timing is perfect. Um, if you trust and allow Him um, to do what He does, He brings the right people along your side to encourage you 
so you can continue to serve him regardless of your situation. Um, when one of the Pharisees asked, you know, which is the greatest commandment in the law, Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And he said, secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, Jesus, you know, continued in verse 40 in Matthew um, chapter 22 there is that all the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. Mm -hmm. So love was the reason, you know, Jesus was born as um, a human and love was the reason why Jesus died on the cross and conquered death. Um, Jesus, just, just as God's love is the glue for the believers, the confirmation of his love is actually the glue for my faith during my fight Excellent. with cancer. Yeah. And so, you know, this leads me to a deeper understanding and appreciation of um, how it's stated in Second Corinthians that um, God's grace is sufficient for me. And that's enough. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So you, you've, uh, you've dealt with this spiritually and there's the mm -hmm. physical side of it. you went through extensive treatment. Is that, is that yes, true? multiple times, multiple times. And I actually lost counts. I did several here. And then finally, um, about a year ago or two years ago, um, I transferred my medical to Mayo because there are certain things that Mayo is recommending and, um, my oncologist here is not uh, comfortable with doing because they don't do it as often mm -hmm. as it is. So the medication that they're recommending is what I became allergic to. So oh. they have desensitized me and I have to be, um, I have to do it under careful watch of the medical staff. So when I went over there, you know, um, uh, my, my siblings have taken turn and taking time off so that my husband doesn't have to do it all by himself. So they took turn um, taking me up to Mayo. So a higher level of specialization you've received in your care then. Yes. And all the while continued on with your responsibilities? Yes. And it's so amazing. The timing is just always perfect. Again, um, when I have to leave, there would be substitute teachers that were retired teachers that would help me along the way. So that I can go to do to take care of my medical stuff and not have to worry about my teaching. And my co-workers have also joined forces and, you know, just fill in the gap for me. You're blessed, aren't you? I am truly blessed. I cannot complain. <laughs> <laughs> and your smile says it all. So I, I know uh, you, 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 this is straight from your heart. And you have such an inspirational story, Kong. I'm inspired and moved by it. And you've traveled a number of roads along the way in this journey. The journey has lots of roads in it. But for you, what would you say are a couple of the most important, better roads you've taken that contribute to who you are today? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, first of all, I, I can't do it without the support of um, the people encouraging me in my faith. And I can absolutely not cannot imagine how anyone could go through anything without having faith in Christ, you know? Amen. And so I was truly blessed by that. Um, the better roads that I have taken um, was when I had a divine appointment with my daughter, who was a second year college student at the time. And I had uh, suspected that she was pregnant. 
Um, I prayed about how to approach her with love. I talked it over with, with my husband about my suspicion. And his answer was so simple, yet comforting. Um, he said, we have to support her. We have to love her. So God prompted me to be courageous and, um, and in a loving tone or in a loving manner, um, talk to my daughter. So I built enough courage to ask her without trying to offend her and just approach her in a loving way. Um, so God provided a time for me to be alone with my daughter just to ask that question. When I approached her, she was silent um, because of the question. Yes. And after talking, you know, I know that she's listening. She, has, she didn't say much. She didn't say anything at all. So I finally told her that I didn't want to, I didn't want her to have to go through it alone. So that kind of broke, you know, the, the silence for her. And so from there on out, my husband and I committed to supporting her and the baby as much as she wanted us to. And so um, what was beautiful about that was that God prepared my heart by allowing me to be entertained by the thought of being a grandmother, even <laughs> at least six months prior to, you know, by suspicion. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, um, one of our board members at the time had spoken um, Isaiah 61 over us while we were dealing with this uh, situation, um, you know, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a ferment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Um, and then verse, um, verse 7 says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. So our grandson, Noah, has certainly been a joy to our family. And he is absolutely a blessing from God to help me cope with my physical health. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, all of this, you, you've shared with your journey as a teacher uh -huh. and as a pastor. And now we're getting the added blessing of some encouragement for parents. Yes. <laughs> yes. And another um, road that I thought about was stepping into the role of being a pastor of Life Song. I mean, it was a big learning curve for me. Um, the great news is that the more I study, the more I am convinced that I am nothing without him. <laughs> when I rely on him, you know, not by my own strength and understanding, the closer I feel to him. Mm. So it is, you know, absolutely much better to rely on him to carry me through. So I could have asked for a better place, you know, to start following God's calling um, than life song. And Chris has, Chris Kavan has been an amazing person to work with along, um, along my side and the Rasavans and the Maks um, in Thailand and Cambodia have nothing, um, have been nothing but less encouraging and inspiring to me. So, you know, they are also great ministry um, mentors for me. And I praise God 
for the opportunity to serve him in this capacity. Amen. You've been surrounded by good people. Yes. Yes. Well, this has been a delight today to have you share with us, uh, Kong. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It is a privilege and honor. So I feel so honored to be able to talk to you. Our delight. And we thank you also for listening today to Better Roads. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode. You have been listening to Better Roads with Randall Bach, president of Open Bible Churches. Join us next time as we explore how God is part of another person's journey.